We've been reminded recently by Father Brewer that one of the main aspects of Anglican belief is a prominent place of the incarnation in our theology. Unlike some Christian groups, we don't put our major emphasis on the crucifixion or on the sinfulness expounded in the Hebrew scriptures, nor on a list of thou shalt not and thou shalt. We do not ignore these matters, but we believe that the good news is really good, that we are saved by the healing grace of Jesus, the word made flesh. So I was very glad to read again the lessons for the first Sunday after Christmas. Here we are reaffirmed in our belief in the goodness of creation, in the good news of forgiveness and new life, in the recounting not of the old order, but of the new. Jesus is bringing us a new message, a new relationship to God. More than any other set of readings in the lectionary, I think today's passages strongly remind us that we are inheritors of a new life in Christ. The reading that most strongly shows this, this new scripture, is from Paul's letter to the Galatians. In it, the members of that church are told that they, and by extension we, are the children of God, no longer servants, slaves, or outsiders, no longer imprisoned by the law, to use Paul's word, trying to follow the rules closely enough to be acceptable. Through Jesus, we are all, Jews and Christians, made heirs through adoption. We are given divine permission to set aside the details of the Hebrew law. Remember, as we hear at the beginning of our service that we have a new commandment, Jesus said, all, in effect, all the rules of Jewish scripture can be summarized by these two. These are the requirements. Love God, the creator of all things. And then by analogy, the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And who is your neighbor? Everyone. Anyone. Anyone who needs you, everyone whom you encounter, in person, or through any other means. I'm thinking electronics, maybe, then. <laughs> Paul, who elsewhere in his letters declares that the he follows all the rules of Jewish behavior and practice, is here advising the members of the church in Galatia that their status is drastically changed. Humans have previously been separated from God because they are subjects, but because of the life and lesson of Jesus, all people have assumed a new status, the status of children. The old rules don't apply to us anymore. The reading from the Hebrew scriptures today pronounces and predicts what Paul is to declare has been accomplished by his time. The section from Isaiah, well known to Paul, sets out the news that Israel will be redeemed, that righteousness and praise will spring up before all nations. And perhaps most tellingly, Isaiah declares that Israel and the people of Israel will be called by a new name. Paul is, of course, in his letter to the church in Galatia, offering kinship to all who believe in the salvation brought by Jesus. The new name, we might surmise, is not subject or slave, but child. And the amazing 
good news contained in the opening passage of John's Gospel is obviously so important that the church, and all mainline churches who use the Revised Common Lectionary, offers us the option to hear it talk about it twice this week as an option on Christmas Day and again here on the first Sunday after Christmas. For many years, this passage was read at the end of every Eucharist in Anglo-Catholic parishes, including this one. It's often referred to as the last gospel. I was never quite sure whether it meant the last thing we do at the Mass or the last, that is, the fourth of the four gospels following Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But whatever the ecclesiastical history, we know it for the profound message of almost mysterious power that it evokes. Father Brewer has spoken more than once about the word logos and the difficulty of translating that Greek term into English. In John, we read word. Like many items in other languages, the meaning of logos defies exact replication in a single English word. This is not necessarily a flaw in English, but rather a frustrating reminder that all translated texts are inexact. One language can't be exactly moved into another. So when the English version of John's gospel says, in the beginning was the word, we must observe a mental footnote. The humanity of Jesus, his human flesh, becomes the manifestation of order, meaning, logic, divine communication. Here in the flesh is all knowledge and power. Here's presented our basic theology. God became human, incorporating the unknowable power of divinity into a human child. And incorporating, remember, is from Latin. It means to put into a body, a corpus. But perhaps this shouldn't be a language lesson. Today we rejoice in the truly good news. God, the almighty creative power of the universe, is with us. The word was made flesh, and even more amazing, lived among us. The human beings, you and I, are forever changed. The psalmist today has foretold us. We heard, the Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds. So the old order ends, and as the old year ends in our human cycle, and the new order begins, not just the new year, but the new salvation. As Anglicans, we celebrate year-round the mystery of the Word made flesh. In the Eucharist, the community, in its most basic worship, shares a holy meal. And the body and blood of Christ is the mystery a mystery only made possible by the amazing gift of the word made flesh. This is not just meditation on the inexplicable essence of the divine. It's not just the sharing of ordinary food and drink and thinking of the Last Supper. This is the miracle that could not be possible without the seemingly impossible gift of God to enter human life, to become flesh and blood just like us, And then to give that real human body over to death and to offer it not only to save all creation, 
but to save us, his brothers and sisters, by adoption. There's much good news in today's lessons. There's profound theology in today's lessons. But there's also the most basic story of our faith. The word was made flesh. Come, let us adore him. Happy New Year. Amen.